Are you ready, Teeny? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Let's go! Let's go to Wyoming. Oh. I think it's our first Wyoming. I think so as well. We are doing 1980, and that's a special year for us. We'll get to that. Heaven's Gate. No, not the cults. A Harvard grad, James Averill, is the sheriff of prosperous Jackson County, Wyoming. When a battle erupts between the area's poverty-stricken immigrants and its wealthy cattle farmers, or nothing has changed. AKA <laughs> life. Particulars. Okay, the particulars. So Heaven's Gate was released on November 19th, 1980, which is a full year after it was supposed to come out. The version that we watched on Apple, Ma and I watched. Um, I don't know what Teeny watched, but we watched. A I did not watch on Apple. I watched in um, Amazon Prime. Okay, so we watched a, the 219-minute version. And I say that because there's like five different versions yeah. of this film. So this should be interesting. So our version was about, was three hours and 39 minutes long. That's what my version was too. Okay. Oh my God. All right. So it's written and directed by Michael Cimino, who also did last week's The Deer Hunter, the whole reason that we're doing this film. He also wrote Silent Running and the second Dirty Harry film, Magnum Force, as well as Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. The music is by David Mansfield, who also did the music for Songcatcher, The Apostle, and Tumbleweeds. Nerd Alert, he played in Bob Dylan's backing band, and he was an original member of The Range, as in Bruce Hornsby and The Range. Oh. And he's the fiddler in this movie. And he was really fiddling? He was fiddling and roller skating. The young dude. Yep, that's him. Damn. Yeah, he was amazing. Well, all of the roller skaters were amazing. The director of photography is Vilmos Sigmund, who also did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Deliverance, The Rose, and Blowout, to name a few. Can you repeat his name for me? Vilmos Zygmunt. Okay. The editors, there's four editors listed on this film. However, in when I was reading about it, at one point, Michael Cimino locked everyone out of the editing room. So this is just interesting. But we have Lisa Fruchtman, who also uh, did the right stuff and in 1983 won an Oscar for that. She also did Children of a Lesser God and My Best Friend's Wedding. And I believe she also worked on one of one of or both of the Godfathers, the good ones. Oh. Gerald Greenberg also worked on The Godfathers and The French Connection, which he won an Oscar for in 1971, as well as Kramer versus Kramer and Reds. William Reynolds, who also edited The Sound of Music. The Sting, and 
another film that we've already done that is also listed as one of the biggest flops of cinema history, Ishtar. Ishtar. We do them all, people. Yeah. I but I liked Ishtar, and I think that Ishtar. Um, do you think Ishtar is a bigger flop than this? No. Well, if you're talking, mo- I mean, there are different ways to. Yeah. Like, monetary. What, okay. Are you talking about yeah. like monetary or like just reputation? Whatever you, just whatever you consider a flop. I think this one has more of a. Th- this Flopping one has. Reputation. Yeah, because the ripples, like what it led to, it uh, was more influential than what Ishtar led to. <laughs> um, Tom Rolfe who also edited Taxi Driver, The Right Stuff, and Heat. Now we have <laughs> wild things going on in someone's background. We have... Uh, look, listen, there's somebody that's been cutting a tree down or something for about 17 hours outside. Oh, it's really? Brooklyn. I can't hear it. I don't know what they're cutting, but whatever it is, is bringing the pollen up. It's coming oh. through our window unit. Oh, that's what's got you. Yeah, oh, we are fine this morning, and then whatever they're doing is making everything come to life. Mm. All right. Well, we have Chris Christopherson as April. He was in 1976's A Star is Born with Bab Streisand. He was also in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and the Blade Runner trilogy with one Wesley Snipes. Here, he has a lot of nerd alerts. This was crazy. This man, his Wikipedia, this is according to Wikipedia, so it might be all um, legend. But well, what? A, go ahead. He's a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, okay. So he also wrote Me and Bobby McGee. Yes, he did. Which was made famous by his girlfriend, Janis Joplin, on her posthumously released album, Pearl. So Mia and Bobby McGee is written by Chris Christopherson. But she changed his iambic pentameter. Because <laughs> she's Janis Joplin. She's like, you're cute, Chris. Now let me handle it from here. <laughs> um, we have, he also formed, was in The Highway Men mm-hmm. with Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. In 2004, he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. He's a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. Yeah, he is. His Highly fa- intelligent. His father was a major general in the Air Force, and he always wanted him to go in to the, uh-huh. uh, you know, serve. So then he went into the Army. He rose to the rank of captain. He was a helicopter pilot and completed ranger school. <laughs> Just this guy. Tell me the, about it. In the early 60s, he was stationed in West Germany in the 8th Infantry Division. Oh, wow. Now, I w- was like, what? Because I know about the 8th Infantry Division. That's Pathfinders, and that's a division that following World War II, the division was moved to West Germany, where it remained stationed at Rose Barracks in Bad Kreuznach until it was deactivated January 92, which is hilarious because Bad Kreuznach is where we were stationed when I was old enough to remember in the late 80s, early 90s. And it's it's a small place. Like, not that many people go through Bad Kreuznach. It's not like Mainz or Wiesbaden or Ramstein or 
Heidelberg, these other places. So I was like, Eighth Infantry Division is is there only are there multiple divisions? And no, he was a Pathfinder in the early sixties. Huh? Nice. Well, he walked those streets we walked. We went through the gates that we went through and rose barracks to get the Burger King. This Do you crazy. remember when the Eighth Infantry was dissolved and then it became? Like the third armor division? Third or? armor something, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. but that's weird because we left in Oh. Oh yeah, this was in January of ninety two. Mm -hmm. So we were so it was deep when we were there. Mm -hmm. Look at that. We closed it down. We, we just did. <laughs> we closed down the Pathfinders. <laughs> and, and and the crazy thing is on the Wikipedia page, it has, you know, the, the patch that we have that's blue with the eight and the arrow. But then it also has the individual insignia, which was a shirt that I wore. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but when we were back all together, I wore that shirt that had the eighth infantry. And then the, the eight surrounding it says, these are my credentials. Yeah. And then that, I, I, I found that shirt that I stole from Poppy and I wear it. It's very nice. Excellent. So that's Chris Christopherson. Thank you for your service, Chris. We have Christopher Walken, who is Nate Champion. He was also in The Deer Hunter, Catch Me If You Can, Pulp Fiction, Pennies from Heaven, and Annie Hall. Sir John Hurt as Irvine. He was mm -hmm. in Alien. Well, a man before you get there, I just this is where my story comes in. Okay. <laughs> We're watching the movie. And, you know, obviously, I know who the actors are in it because we said it out loud and I saw the opening credits. And then the movie ended and I see the closing credits and I see Chris Walken. And I said, huh, <laughs> I had to Google who he played in the movie because I didn't recognize him the whole time. Well, oh, I had my no No, yeah, he knew. He couldn't believe I didn't know. And then at one point, I even had, I wrote down as a negative reheatable, the main guy's eyeliner. But I'm like, he had so much makeup on and a mustache. He had doing his voice. Yeah, and he had weird cheekbones. Like it was almost, they made him out to be like Skeletor. Yeah, he, he was he was early. He was always really slim, really slim. So that's my. Wow. That is, I truly have no idea. Thank you. That is that because you are such a big fan of walking in the deer hunter. I mean, and I still am. I mean, he but I just did not know. Talk just disappeared into character. Just yeah, he was just so good. Well, he does. He does all different characters. Well, and I mean, Chimino did him no favors with just like his character introduction. You just kind of don't see him for a really long time. Yeah. You don't see his face and then you do. Yeah. And there's a lot of long shots. So that's fun. But it also, I did discover a good podcast oh. called Walkin' 101. <laughs> really? And it's filmmaker Kenny Johnson and actor Brandon Hart. Hardesty. I don't know who either of those people are, but they watch and dissect every performance and every Christopher Walken performance and every film and TV show he's ever appeared in in chronological order. Wow. Oh, wow. 
I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay. We have Sir John Hurt as Irvine. He was in Alien, A Man for All Seasons. The Elephant Man, which he shot in between shooting this. That's wild. And this movie yeah. was still going It was on. still being filmed. Midnight Express. And he was also in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. 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 One and two. He's one of the considered one of the all-time great actors. We also have Sam Waterston as Canton. Such oh. a good jerk. Oh my gosh, I know. He Such was a in good jerk. The Great Gatsby, The Killing Fields, The Newsroom. Most recently, he's been in The Dropout, Grace and Frankie. But we all know him as Jack McCoy in Law and Order. Doom, doom. Brad Dorf as Mr. Eggleston. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Blue Velvet, and Mississippi Burning. Isabelle Hippert as Ella Watson. She's a French actress. This was her American film debut. She was also in The Piano Teacher, Eight Women, and Greta. Joseph Cotton. Teeny, I did the, I did the same thing that you did with Christopher Walken when I was doing the... Um, these particulars, I saw Joseph Cotton, and I was like, I know Joseph Cotton. He was in Gaslight, The Third Man, Citizen Kane. And I got to the end of the film, I was like, where was Joseph Cotton? Did I miss him? But yeah. I guess as soon he was, as I heard his voice, I knew it was him. Yeah, he was the, the guy at the beginning, right? The Reverend Doctor. Yes, yes. Very yeah. small part. Yeah. I didn't. He didn't look anything. No, age. he didn't. Um, we have Jeff Bridges as John L. Bridges. Bravo, Jeff. I, I mean, know. He was a younger Jeff. And I mean, he, we saw him even younger in the last picture show. We did. But wow, what a performance. And I'm just going to throw in here. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Christopherson, Maze Balls. He acting not not the top of his list, and Chef uh, Bridges. I feel like uh, you know acted all the way around him, up and down, and in between. Yeah, yes, this is very true. He was also in the Fabulous Baker Boys, and of course <sighs> the dude from the Big Lebowski. And he's got a new show coming out. I think called The Old Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have Jeffrey Lewis as Trapper. He was in Every Which Way But Loose, The Lawnmower Man, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, and Nerd Alert, he's the father of Juliette Lewis, actress. Juliette Lewis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Richard Mazur as Cully. That man's, he just had, he's a that guy face. He's yep. just been in so many things, so and much that television. Voice, I knew that voice, but I had to look it up to see, what is his, oh, this was a young Richard Mazur. He was in Risky Business, License to Drive, and My Girl. We have Ronnie Hawkins, the Canadian musician who just recently passed away. He was Major Wolcott. There's so many different cameos in here. Terry O'Quinn was the baseball soldier with that had the death list. He was best known as John Locke from Lost. Yes. He was also in The Stepfather. We have Mickey Rourke as Nick Ray. I freaked out. I didn't know he was in it. This was his second screen role. He was also in Diner, Nine and a Half Weeks, and The Wrestler. 
and in an uncredited <laughs> first screen performance as Willie. I didn't even, I missed this. I totally missed him too. Willem Dafoe. Huh. You know him from Platoon, Shadow of the Vampire, the Spider-Man films, the French Dispatch, and a film that came out in 2020 that I recommend if you all are into film noir, and that is Nightmare Alley. I am into film noir. It's a it's got Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, it's a Guillermo del Toro. I started movie. it and I didn't finish it. It's just it's it's just uh it's just film uh, like old timey film noir it definitely yeah definitely and so those are my particulars wow okay well the movie begins and you have three hours and thirty eight minutes to go oh my gosh <laughs> how are you gonna set the table because honestly I had no idea what the fuck was going on in this film. Exactly. So as I always do, I set the table for the first 20 minutes. And then I went, okay, I'm going to have to extend that a little bit because this did go beyond the graduation at Harvard. Although that might have been a whole hour. The movie begins. There was absolutely no point to that. 18... Another question. I have a question, but let me set the table. I have more questions than answers about this movie. So the movie begins with the 1870 Harvard graduation where we meet James. We then move to 20 years in the future. But trust me, people, this was a long graduation. I never, I never had a grad celebration like like that um and, and would you want to it seemed to i mean I, the the vertigo i so much vertigo so many circles is there i know um, I had they're so dizzy so many circles he must there, it had must have had a thing symblematic of something i it thought maybe it was just you know nothing ever changes but okay so back to me uh, then we move 20 years in the future and see the haves riding in a train and the have-nots riding on top of the train to collect the land that was deeded to them. Okay, so immigrants are coming over. They have land deeded to them in Wyoming, and they are immigrants, so the people already there don't want them there. So I have what could go wrong, but this is another thing. Immigrants. When you look at the people, the haves who are there, who have been able to be there and become cattle farmers and they got rich, guess what? They were not the indigenous people of what we call North America. You don't say. Guess what? They were what? Huh? Immigrants. Oh. I mean, their families were immigrants. They were. Okay. I don't so, know. I don't know. Ma. I think if you came over on the Mayflower, that you have the Mayflower excuse. No, that's what that's what Ann Coulter says. Or oh. settlers. She came from settlers. Settlers who came from another place to settle in North America. Mm, I, I see. You learn something every day. POC count. Well, 
I did not see near a black person, Mm-mm. not even a Buffalo soldier, Mm-mm. which is odd because based this movie is is said to be based on the Johnson County Wars, but that's laughable. Also, so not a one first American like you mentioned. Like, just not at all. In the Wyoming Territory. Yeah. Mm. All I just saw was a bunch of white people. A bunch of people who, who came from Europe. Yeah. All, different, all different classes of, of white people. Very mad at each other. Yeah. So we are to cast... And as I told, uh, shout out to our new follower, Cousin Veronica. Shout out. Hi, Cousin. Welcome to Gone with the Bushes. Um, how I, I told her how you you always do cast in um, our movies. And so what cast do you have to tell us today? Oh, I didn't really go in hard too much on the cast, but okay. So one of the things was I wanted to know the difference between emigrants with an E and immigrants with an I. Because in subtitles it said immigrants. Right. So people- and I couldn't. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt because I'm glad you're going to get into this because I thought that was when you were leaving somewhere. You're and- right. If yeah, you emigrate, emigrate, oh, really I thought it was like, I thought it was just a typo. I, who knows? I have so much more on the subtitles later. People are emigrants with an E when they leave their country of origin. Okay. Yeah. Immigrants when they arrive at their destination. So oh, if yeah. you have, if you have somebody who's moving from Brazil to the U.S., they're emigrating with an E from Brazil and So they're emigrating from Brazil with an E and immigrating to the United States with an I. Right. Yes. Oh, I think there was a, I think it was just a mix up. Oh, Oh, no, No, I think you're right. But I titles were so messed up. Yo, I hated that. Somebody got, I mean, who could pay attention for a four hour movie to get the subtitles right? But they made sure to, to delete anything of any possible um, questionableness. No, they oh. just did a horrible job. It was just, uh, uh, again. They just dropped the ball. They would Four. drop the ball in the middle of a sentence. They would. They would just completely leave out, uh, like, prepositional phrases. They would leave out nouns, random nouns and sentences. They wouldn't translate any of the different uh, European languages. So they were just, like, German being spoken. And there was a lot of German, a lot of Ukrainian, a lot of Russian going on. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, I think that this might be important for me to be able to piece together what's Mm -hmm. happening. But no, apparently... Apparently, United Artists couldn't be bothered to fork out another couple of million to make sure that this thing was properly subtitled. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe it was just our version of this film because there's five different versions, and uh, but uh, atrocious. So I put that in the cast because it's yeah. an, an ableist thing. Like, mm-hmm. I had him on because at the very first, at the beginning of this, when they were at the Harvard thing, 
they're speaking English. I didn't understand one word that those people were saying. And I was like, this is English. This is my native language. I should be able, not only native language, the only language I can communicate it when, but horrible. I had to have the subtitles on, off the jump, couldn't understand anything. It was just, how, what if I have uh, heart, hearing issues? You would have right. no idea what was happening with this film. Anyway, moving on to cast. I didn't either anyway, so. Yeah, anyway. Um, the his, it's This movie is so historically inaccurate, and I put this as, as cast because of the man who wrote and directed it of just being able to be so historically inaccurate. Like, you have to have a, a certain uh, worldview and gumption to just take what happened and then just completely rewrite it like he did. Like, here's the cast example. There were no hordes of starving European immigrants. But that's what they were made out to be in this film. Yeah. That they were just starving. Um, so I have more on that later. Also in cast, <laughs> really wish those European immigrants kept the, that same Heaven's Gate energy when it came to darker-skinned people wanting to make a better life for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because they were a rung above on the ladder, and so holding on to that rung. Which brings me to my final point of cast, which even though this movie has zero black people, zero people of color in it, zero Asian people, <laughs> zero people uh, with any disabilities, like just, just zero, 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 zero. This is a great example of cast because you have the rich, a.k.a. the man, a.k.a. the stock growers. They see all poor people as the same. So to mm-hmm. them, the Europeans are the same as, you know, black people, as the, the first Americans, all of them. They're all the same. Except they know that... Uh, how like they I think it was in this movie or something else that I watched, but they went back to Lincoln saying that a house divided cannot stand, right? A house divided it it will fall. Yeah, a house mm-hmm. divided cannot stand. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the rich people, the stock growers, even though they just see all poor people as like we don't want anything to do with you, nothing to do with you, they know that they have to divide all the poor people up. And that's where caste comes into play because the poor immigrants that we see um, fighting for against like the being, you know, <laughs> murdered in a genocide, basically, that the that the man, the stock growers are out here doing with their kill list because that, that should be explained. So in this film, the rich um, European, like the rich people who are there and have the big land, the ranchers. They don't like that the Europe, the smaller European people are coming and getting their based on the homestead acts, getting little pieces of land. Because at that time, the ranchers with the big, large ranches would just have their cattle go out, and it was mm-hmm. just open grazing. And and so all their cattle, yeah, all their cattle, all their cattle would all go out. It was open ranging, intertwined, and then they would go and they would round them up, and that's where you had the branding come in. So that it was based on the brands. They'd be like, oh, that's my cattle, that's your cattle, that's my cattle. And so then there was, like, the littler uh, people who would come in, and if there was a young calf or some, you know, that had been born since the branding when they were out there pasturing, if it didn't have a brand on it, they would take it. 
And so because of land and water use and all of that, they, the rich people, they didn't like that at all. They were like, why are you, I don't like this. So we want you, we don't want you to be a part of us. So they went and they hired a bunch of Texans to come in. And in the movie, they have this, a kill list of 125 names of people that were supposedly had uh, robbed cattle, had stolen cattle. And they were called rustlers if you were stealing cattle, cattle thieves. And so they had the, the, this list of a kill list of like basically go out and kill these people. It's, it's basically like the wire or like any kind of drug thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was basically like you're on our corner. You have to get out of here. So they got these hitmen to come take out the competition. So, but these poor immigrants, they're like, no, this is America. This is why we came here. We're supposed to, like, this this country, no. And so they form together, and they, you know, they fight back. And that's what the Johnson County Wars are. And the whole cast comes into play is because the way that the caste system is broken down in America is based on skin color. Because these poor Europeans who are being looked down upon, all they have to do is tighten up their vowels and consonants to, you know, drop that accent. Wash their face. Wash your face, drop that accent, and you can climb up. And then you, which actually happened, that these ranchers then became part of the stock growers. Mm -hmm. And then they become the man because then you can become like them and become gatekeepers. But if you don't look like them, that's the line. That's the, Mm -hmm. the line of demarcation. So... That gives you the hope of why the poor people want want it to stay and have that division of caste. Mm-hmm. Take off your babushka and let that blonde hair flow. Well, uh, Christine, do you have any other caste to a- offer? <laughs> so we are two nerd alerts. I uh, started to go into what is a Rhodes Scholar but it got kind of, it's just a really smart person. A person named Rhodes made scholarships and you had to meet all these different criteria. And um, like Bill Clinton is a Rhodes Scholar. It, there aren't a ton of Rhodes Scholars. It's not easy to do. And when you think of Chris Christopherson as just a country music uh, writer and singer because the singing isn't great, but he wrote great songs. You don't realize this guy is like uber brilliant. And he's lived a life too. He also was like dredging in the Pacific and said that was the hardest job he'd ever done. Mm-hmm. He was just this guy that was just on the move, which that makes sense with he was a good writer because he just experienced all these different facets of life. Exactly. Had had kind of a crush on him in the in the late seventies. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I know. So other nerd alerts. I have one. Mm-hmm. Would you like to do what happened in the year of nineteen eighty, and then I could do mine? Sure. Okay. We could set the table for what this movie came out to. So there was a lot of hostages that happened. Um, specifically, Iran had U.S. hostages from yes. dating, dating back from 79, which is a whole thing. A lot of embassies were seized. A lot of seizures of different embassies all over the world. A lot of workplace accidents, like cranes just crashing and mines collapsing. Do we have OSHA then? 
Oh, this is just worldwide and, and probably one of the reasons why it, <laughs> there is a need for OSHA. A lot of plane crashes, a lot of, a lot it, of people it's taking one year, planes. one year out of the 70s. It's I mean, basically still the 70s. Exactly, you know? 70s adjacent. Uh-huh. We have President Carter announces that the U.S. will boycott the 1980 Summer Olympic Games that are being held in Moscow because the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. Um, didn't go well for them there. Much as we it were didn't in go Germany well for at us. this time. Yeah. We have Arthur McDuffie, who was a black insurance salesman and a United States Marine Corps Lance Corporal, was beaten to death by four police officers during a traffic stop in Miami <clears throat> in December 1979. And in 1980, an all-white male jury acquitted him. And changed. black neighborhoods of Overtown and Liberty City took to the streets to make their displeasure known because when when he was beaten to death, they were like, hold, hold on. Well, let's let's wait for a law. Let's wait for the justice system. See how this plays out. And much like what would happen 12 years later in the Rodney King case, um, the trial was moved from Miami to Tampa because that was um the prosecutors in Miami or the def whoever was like, oh, Miami is, is too, um, what is it? Like, they wouldn't give a fair. They couldn't get in, find an impartial jury, so they right. moved it up north to Tampa to find a more partial all-white male jury. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. a, a jury of his peers. Right. Um, mm -hmm. It's referred to in history and in Wikipedia as the Mi 1980 Miami riots, but it was... <laughs> Like riot. A riot is whenever yeah people of uh -huh. color say I'm you know wait I'm not yeah me. what the fuck Look, nerd yeah. nerd alert the lead prosecutor of this case was Janet Reno <sighs> Janet Reno yeah Janet Reno kind of like when you go back over <laughs> like get it had some tough beats there old Janet Reno um also the Empire Strikes Back was released. Which means that the events depicted on the Hulu show Candy also took place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. C CNN is launched in 1980. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Influenced by the religious right, the Republican Party drops its longstanding support of the Equal Rights Amendment. Yes. Thank and you. they, their former actor nominee defeats incumbent Democratic president jimmy carter to become the 40th president of the united states of america yes he did but most importantly what happened in 1980 uh, <laughs> <laughs> on august 15th at 8 42 in the morning an energy took a physical form that was and is named aaron bush hello and good Thank god you. she has been an energy ever since the, yes. The top five. And then I stopped at November because this was when it came out. But then, spoiler alert, in December 1980, John Lennon was shot and killed. Bummer. Um, the films. Number five, Any Which Way You Can. Number four, Airplane. Number three, Stir Crazy. Number two, Nine to Five. And the number one film was The Empire Strikes Back. The of Oscars. Course. The nominees are Tess, Raging Bull, The Elephant Man, Coal Miner's Daughter, and the winner was Ordinary People. Yeah. 
snooze fest. <laughs> More of a snoozer than this. This at least had at least I was awake because I was yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? Exactly. And there were I mean wait, okay, new category. Best dying scene ever. Right? Yeah. Teeny, that was Christopher Walken. I mean, best uh, screenshot of a movie ever? <laughs> Absolutely. The picture, like, of him in this picture, I like yeah. my favorite thing from any movie ever. With the log bench? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. photoshopped. It's just crazy. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Is it my turn? It yes. is. Well, I did a nerd alert about the American Humane Association um, because as I was listening to that Christopher Walken podcast, that's when I started to learn about the animal abuse that happened in oh, this film. Yes, yeah. And it is mm, good. So, wait, but Titi, didn't it? I, I forget what happened, but I think we, we glossed over, we slightly mentioned it last week in The Deer mm -hmm. Hunter. There was that scene where the deer gets shot, and I'm like, that doesn't, like, that seems a little too real. Well, that, yeah, I don't know. That was, didn't come up in many of my research, but. I just, I was, it was just it, in front of my mind because the, yeah, the, the bubbles mean, and stuff. I was if like, it's I you know, then he probably died. Yeah. Um, so. The American Humane Association was founded in 1877. Really? Did you know that? I didn't. Um, and with, it was called the International Humane Association after a meeting in Cleveland, Ohio. So they were just talking about like farm animal maltreatment during their transport. Um, and they were like, a couple states that were included, I think like 27 maybe, um, parts of Canada. Yeah, that, that's what that's all they were doing in 1877 was farming. Um, so then they changed their name to the American Humane Association in November 1878. Um, and I'm sure they did, like in 1916, uh, they founded the Red Star Rescue Relief after the U.S. Secretary of War asked them to rescue injured horses on the battlefield of World War One. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and then, so, it wasn't until 1940 when they started getting involved in Hollywood and working in the film industry. And this started after an incident that occurred on the set of the film Jesse James. Mm -hmm. And the group began protesting the public release of the film. They didn't want it to come out to the public because of a scene in which a horse was forced to run off of the edge of a cliff. They fell over 70 feet to the ground and broke <gasps> its spine and oh. had to be put down afterwards. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, so then in 1966, like film sets stopped allowing them to be around. And... Stopped um, wait, who stopped allowing the Humane Society to be around? The American Humane Association. Yeah, they're like, they, hey, you're, yeah. you're cripping our style here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Yeah, so it says, by contrast, by contrast with the Screen Actors Guild, American Humane monitors animal use on film sets. However, the Screen Actors Guild has no jurisdiction concerning non-American and non-union productions. So, like, if you could say that you were those, not those things, SAG was not involved, and AHA was not allowed on set. Of course. But then in 1980, after the release of Heaven's Gate, Yes, this um, film. They started picketing and protesting about the inhumane treatment of animals, including, I've seen both accounts of being four or five deaths of horses. Um, and let's see. The A couple fight. of things that they were accused of was that they made steer bleed from the neck without giving them painkillers so that their blood could be collected and smeared upon the actors. Oh, good. Um, oh, four horses good. were killed and many were injured during a battle scene. It's claimed that one of the horses was blown up with dynamite and this footage is claimed to have been included in the final film. Oh. Um, one of the, an owner of an abused horse filed a lawsuit against the producers, director, and the horse wrangler citing wrongful injury and breach of contract for willfully depriving her Arabian gelding of proper care. The suit cited the severe physical and behavioral trauma and disfigurement of the horse, and the case was settled outside of court. There are accusations of actual cockfights, decapitated, decapitated chickens, and a group of cows disemboweled to provide fake intestines for the actors. Mm. Um, the film is listed on AHA's list of unacceptable films, and this film is largely responsible for sparking the now common use of the no animals were harmed disclaimer. Yeah. For the more rigorous supervision of animal acts. Um, so after that, now I think they like worked with SAG to make sure that they're on set at all of the, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, on all the films. So the guidelines. Uh, Drink. <laughs> yeah, there's Mac. So American Humane standard of animal care is outlined in the guidelines for safe use of animals in filmed media, which are established in 1988. It covers large animals as well as fish, insects, birds, reptiles, and any other living creature. On set, American Humane certified animal safety representatives, like how do I get that job? Attempted attempt to ensure that guidelines are upheld and they oversee film, television, commercials, music videos, and internet productions. Um, and then I was, I was like, oh, there's uh, a list of films. Yeah. That are unacceptable. I, I don't know if this is the official list, but I found a list. I mean, once you look at it, that's not surprising. <laughs> most of them. Right. The number one movie is a 1903 movie called Electrocuting an Elephant. Oh my oh, god. Okay. I mean, there's a movie just called Cockfighting. Yeah. yeah. Which I want to know who was the person who was like, they they saw the, the two the two cocks and they're like, you know, what we need. We need to outfit them with little razors on their claws. Yes. That's what we need to do. Because it's not bad enough. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the movie called Cannibal Holocaust? That's no, and I don't want to. Yeah. You may not pick that one. <laughs> but one that did surprise me was something that I used to watch when I was a kid. <gasps> the Adventures of Milo and Otis. 
It's a movie about uh, like best friends, these two best friends that are kitten in a pu- a kitten in a pug. Oh. Um, but it's there's rumors of animal cruelty with particular emphasis on a claim that twenty kittens were killed in the course of filming. Well, I mean, other controversial scenes include Otis the pug fighting a bear and <laughs> Milo floating helplessly down a river and then being attacked by a crab. I mean, wow. yeah, we kid, we kid, kittens are important. <laughs> I knew so when now, I saw that you've made me watch a horse get blown up by dynamite. Yeah. I knew when I saw that cockfight, they they cannot train chickens to do that and not hurt themselves. I went, this is a this is a real cockfight. It made it made me think of little Jerry Seinfeld from remember that Seinfeld episode, little Jerry Seinfeld. He was, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, then there was like one thing that said that like Bob Barker at some point was accusing the AI. Hey, well, animal cruelty. Uh, I don't think anything was ever came of that. Uh, he, but he was a. I big never knew proponent. why that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, he, I not so much taking care of how that claim, how that got on the end of the movies. Yeah, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. It start, start somewhere. Ishtar didn't have that, so. <laughs> no, no camels were blown up in Ishtar. Were there? There might have been. I don't remember. I don't know. Good nerd alert. Good looking out. We are to reheatables. Negative. I have a list. Oh, me too. The length. Oh, yeah. Well, well, this is significantly shorter than the work draft that he submitted. Evidently. The work draft that he submitted was the work print that he showed United Artist Executives was five hours and twenty five minutes long. And then that's a TV series. Yeah, and then he said, But don't worry, it's gonna be the final cut's gonna be fifteen minutes um shorter. Shorter. <laughs> oh my god. But it does make you wonder if we'll go go ahead, Ma. Next. Too many circles. There had to have been something with the circles. Yeah. Um, pollution. Uh, the the train just chugging that pollution out uh, into the. Why is it the train, man? Oh my God. Wyoming air. Uh, the animal abuse I have. Uh, those muddy streets. Not just mud either, people. Uh, like the lady said, uh, you can't even get to the outhouse to shit without stepping in it. Oh, like, ooh, that was disgusting. Um, okay, this is a big one for me. A dude saying, I told you so. <laughs> is there anything worse? Yes, what? it's a dude saying to smile more. Yeah. Well, there's that. I that told you so, now smile. But that made me laugh because it was like the gumption of this man. But then also, I mean, he did tell her so. He did tell her so. He did. He, and he didn't lead with it. He wasn't going to say anything. And she was like, say something. Say something. Well, like, yeah. he, wasn't, 
Yeah. He was going to let it ride. He was just, let me finish the shaving. And he was shaving with a straight razor, and he said to a woman, I told you so. How did that straight razor not end up accidentally cutting his throat from ear to ear? Because she was like, no, you have to say something, say something. And he's like, the only thing that I'm going to say is I told you so. We both know that. But you want me to say it? All right. I told you so. Um, okay, those are my negatives. I mean, there are many more, but I those are that's what I focused on. I focused on dancing in circles will make you dizzy is what I wrote. And give me vertigo. I couldn't watch. I had to do the finger thing. I did. Cockfighting. Yeah. Uh, so Adam joined in. I watched like an hour of this movie, maybe an hour. No, an hour and 45 minutes. And there was still a whole movie left to watch. Mm-hmm. And I had to describe to him what had happened. And I said, there was graduation. Everyone danced in circles. And now they're mad at the immigrants. Like, that's all you need to know. Exactly. Um, The main guy's eyeliner, which I later found out was... Yeah. Because... No. He he wouldn't have actually worn it, and it wasn't like it was... What was the purpose of the eyeliner? It's another question. Now, the podcast that I listened to talked about... I think he gave... About how he was trying to, like, give the character something more. I think that the character, like, was kind of flat. And so I think he was trying to, like, there was another scene where, like, he puts a he puts the hat on and he, like, looks in the mirror and yeah. like, you look good. So I think yeah. he was trying to be stylish. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Prove okay. that he cared about his looks. I don't know. Um, I wrote Mud, mud Streets. Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, you can't quit after you're fired. As someone who has to fire people occasionally, that's, I don't know. <laughs> that's not how it works. No. <laughs> she just fired me, but I quit. I'm not sure what this is referring to, but I wrote the quote, get down. And then I just wrote, don't fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> See, this is, it's when she's, um, they're, they're doing the, the big final scene and Jeff Bridges' character's like, what are you doing out here to Ella? And he's and then uh, she's right. like, get down! What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And then, why'd they wear so many fucking clothes? I know it was hot. I know. And he had that, it looked like a wool vest with a wool jacket on yeah. all the time. But they are in a higher elevation. Yeah, but at some point it was hot. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Or maybe it's like to keep the funk in. I mean, I've never been to Wyoming. so Yeah, I haven't, nor have I. Probably won't happen. Oh, that's on my list now. Oh, my God. Seems seems really nice. We have a friend, uh, I mean, uh, somebody we know. She is currently in Wyoming. I was, like, watching this movie, looking at how beautiful it is, and then she was posting pictures in Wyoming. Mm. I was like, what are the odds? Yeah, she, yeah. Looks nice. It does look very beautiful and scenic. Mm -hmm. Is it it my turn? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe that I'm saying this, (laughs) because the first rule in film school is show, don't tell. But my God, 
I could have used some exposition. I need exposition, please. I had no idea that Heaven's Gate was the name of the roller rink that was built by Jeff Bridges' character. I had to right. read that in I never media. even thought about that with the name. Like, it was so long enough time to think Yeah, about the name. exactly. But I did read in, in my tasties that it that was the only way to tie in the name of it was the name of the roller rink. Yeah, I was just like, what? And so then, as I'm taking my notes, I had this note 13 minutes into the film, I'm already lost. I'm like, who are we supposed to sympathize with? Because it made me think of, like, you know, remember how we were talking about the the infamous wedding scene from the deer yes. hunter yes. and all of that and how that was, like, really to humanize the, the boys and get to know them and stuff. But they were poor steel workers, and they were getting drafted, whereas this, I'm watching a bunch of... They're Ivy Leaguers. I'm not going to say they're rich, but, you, you know, you, it's few and far between that get to Harvard who aren't rich and have connections. And, and did they, you see a single person of color? No. There was one that graduated that year. I Not depicted in this. Not depicted in this film. Loose history <clears throat> film. So... I was just like, I didn't really, I didn't understand it. And then, uh, but then, uh, well, then that's in my good reheatable. So put a pin in that and remember that. 125 person hit list is just a negative reheatable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. But it also goes into my, the historical inaccuracies mm -hmm. of this. Because originally this draft was called the Johnson County War. It wasn't called Heaven's Gate. And the Johnson County yes. War was a real thing that happened in Johnson County, Wyoming from 1889 to 1893. And it really involved the Wyoming Stock Growers Association for, versus the Homesteaders. It was the best known of the range wars. Um, it had to do with rustlers, a.k.a. cattle thieves and whatnot. Um, and it ended with their homesteaders and they surrounded the men that were actually hired to come up and take them out. And they were outnumbered. I think there was like 40. Half of them were, they're called the invaders. And half of them were um, hired guns. And they were mm -hmm. surrounded in this fort. And the homesteaders were just like, we'll wait you out. Like, no, this is, this is ending right here, right now. We the people. And then <clears throat> they had... At one point, then this is why the, the the historical inaccuracies get on my nerves so much because when you read about the actual wars and then you watch this movie, you're just like, why didn't you just tell the real story? Because mm -hmm. it's so much more entertaining. So at one point, the homesteaders go to Fort McKinney, which is about 13 miles away, and ask to borrow a cannon. <laughs> Like, can we borrow, excuse me, excuse me, can we borrow a cannon? And they're like, no, you can't borrow a cannon. And so then one of the guys decides to make his own cannon because they were, they instead of being out in the plains, in real life, they were um, in like a barn. Like the invaders, they like closed, the homesteaders oh, okay. circled them around a barn. So it was like a siege. It was kind of like Alamo, right? Um, And then... 
the so then they were like well fine we'll make our own and on the first try it blows up so many people accidentally shot themselves and kill, killed themselves from guns falling off of horses and like jacking themselves getting shot in the crotch and jacking themselves um so then president harrison he ordered was the secretary he was the president during this time here yeah yeah he was the president he ordered the secretary of war to handle the situation and so then the secretary of war brought in the sixth the sixth cavalry from fort mckinney to in arrest the invader so it is kind of like in what this movie depicts so then the cavalry comes and they're like okay homesteaders hold on hold on so they arrest the you know the quote invaders the guys that were sent there to hit to kill all the people surrounding them and then basically the invaders were treated like cops who kill civilians in that they were released on bail mm -hmm. the location of the trial was moved uh, they extended the legal proceedings and so Johnson County their small county they couldn't afford you know to prosecute them and so it all just kind of trickled in and washed away and I was just like like just reading the Wikipedia page I'm like this is way better than yeah what, did. <laughs> what the hell and so, you could have done it in way less time yes um what was up with the sleeping condition of all those people like where Avril went, remember when he was drunk and they take him and he basically looks like the bottom of a ship that was coming mm -hmm. over from America? Is that where, is that where like all the, the people that worked on his range slept? Was that, was that the sleeping conditions? I, I had question again, exposition, a little exposition would have been nice. Um, let's see. What else do I have? The spit fight. Oh, Disgusting. Yes. Uh, no, we don't No, No spitting. Oh. No. It was not needed. I have more on that. Oh, okay. So do you want to go into it now? No, I just have um, a list of the scenes that were cut in the 149-minute version. Oh, good one. Okay. Um, I watched, so when I watched this, I made it about two and a half hours watching it. And so I had about an hour left. I made it to the part where Juliette Lewis's father comes out and is sees uh John Hurt and Sam Waterston and he gives them about a minute. I'm like, okay, this is a good place to pause it. So I paused it, did all of my work, did my homework. So then I found out that this was based on the Johnson County Wars. So then I was reading about um Avril, who was a real guy. And Ella Watson, who is a real woman. Really? And, and Nate Champion, who is a real person. And so I read about, like, what happened to them. And then I sat down and I watched the final hour of this film, only to be like, that's not what happened at all. Nate Champion is portrayed in this film as a murderer, but in real life, he was a, a popular small rancher who went by the name of the King of the Rustlers by the stockmen because he resisted their tactic of claiming unbranded young cattle as their own. Oh. Ella Watson, who in this film is depicted as a woman of the night, a madame, if you a will. Ma madam, yes. A sex worker. She was really a small rancher. She owned her own small ranch. And get this, her husband was Jim Averill, who was a county businessman and owned so no were cattle. Married. Yes. But wait, Ma, they were lynched in 1889, which is before the events of this film takes place. 
Oh, wow. And a solid two years before the invasion by the stockmen because they were they falsely accused Watson of stealing cattle for sex, but there was no <laughs> there was no documentation whatsoever that she was a madame. She was just a ranch oh. worker. And this was one in real life, this was one of the rare instances. Oh, she's a woman, so she had to have been. And she had to be naked. That's so what they made to be a reason for out that. to be. Yeah. And in real life, it was one of the rare instances for a woman to be lynched. And 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 their lynching, Avril and Ella's lynching, was one of the things that got the homesteaders like so pissed off. Because yeah. men would come to her house, but she was known to to mend clothes and stuff and and like and help out, you know. And so the county sheriff, they arrested the six men for lynching them, but then all of their witnesses disappeared and were poisoned. So so they got away clean with it. Wow. And there's no evidence that Ella, Avril, and Champion, that Champion knew Ella and Avril. Oh, okay. So So there wasn't a love triangle. Yeah. And so Avril, like, in this movie, he lives and is on a boat with this old woman from Harvard. Another he, question. They, the Chimino used their real names. When, when we're on the train with Avril, and it, it's 20 years later after his graduation, which makes it 1890, in real life, Avril's been dead for a year. Oh, wow. Isn't that, I was just like, what the yeah. hell is this? Yeah. So then that made me into all these questions like, what is this, like, what is this film? <laughs> this, this must have been why the critics, maybe the critics read about it in history, but I don't know, given America's state with what it teaches in history, like, did yeah. they know about the Johnson County War? I don't know. Because then I was like, wait, what's up? And then there's that picture that Avril has, that old-timey picture with his, like, Harvard girlfriend. I don't, what's up with that? What's happened in the last 20 years? Because that was what got me back into the film. It was this Harvard thing. I was out of it. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then they were like 20 years later. And I'm like, this month is my 20-year college reunion. I I mean reunion, but like graduation thing. So I was like, I'm back in now. I can oh identify God. with this. It's been 20 years. And so he graduated and now all of it has passed. But we never see what happened in the past 20 years. Exactly. He just shows up. And then he and then at the end he ends up with his old girlfriend. She's still single. Is she widowed? What's going on? I Were they married all along? That's what I was yeah. thinking. I Were they no married idea. all along and that's why he couldn't marry Ella? So then I have again what's with all the giant circles, the Harvard walls, the roller <laughs> rink, the dancing, the horse battle, picked up on that. And then my final, this made me laugh though, was like the government rolling up in the middle of a gunfight with just the flag and the cavalry, literally the cavalry arriving, be like, yo, 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 stop, stop, stop. Stop, 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 stop. We have a flag. Yeah, we have, you have a flag, we have a flag. So those are my negative reheatables. Okay, my positives are way less. It, um, but the cinematography was 
Amazing. Beautiful. And I mean, you're in Wyoming. It was beautiful. Just all those wide shots. And yeah. I, I did laugh because there's story of legend of Chimito being on set and waiting hours and hours because he didn't like the clouds. He wanted a good cloud formation. And then like seeing some of the shots and be like, you know what though? That is a pretty damn good cloud formation. Exactly. Um Mickey Rourke just showing up. Young Mickey Rourke? Yeah. What? I mean, that woke me up. And uh, as previously stated, Sam Waterston is usually like this guy who, you know, like you attain to be being such a jerk. He was such a good jerk. I wanted more, but I didn't want this. I wanted less of the movie, but more of Sam Waterston being a bad guy. Oh, so good. Oh. Those were my positives. Others, please. Um, I it was beautiful. Yes. Uh, this is Adam's requested positive. Is all the funny hats? There were so many different kinds of hats. Yes, yes. there were. Worn by the and men. that uh, from the immigrants bringing their mm-hmm. um, garb, fashion, mm-hmm. juggling. There was a juggler in one of the scenes. It was completely did not need to be there. No, it, it, he was behind but, whatever the action. Yeah, he was. like you could see oh. him out the window, but it was impressive. Man, I wrote. I don't know if this is good or bad. At first, I wrote the Industrial Revolution, and then I just wrote horsepower because goddamn, having to do that shit by yes, person. Yes, looked was hard it, when they had all the women who were doing the yeah. plow. Yeah, that was crazy. But those were strong germs. I bet if you looked at their ankles, yeah, yeah. them strong There's German a reason ankles. why they had thick ankles, because they had to get through that mud, pulling that wagon, because the dude got himself killed. Those are the ankles that built America, Ma. Those are the ankles that, well, I don't know. Black people have really nice ankles, as you know. Uh, that's true. Well, those are the white ankles that built America. Ma. The white ankles that at least clean the stoop of America. <laughs> I'm trying to give you something. There's that one TikTok that I saw this girl being like, oh, me, I try to work out and like get my body, like, you know, lose weight or whatever. And then she's like, oh, I just realized I wasn't built for this shit. I was built to be a strong German woman or whatever. Exactly. You go to Germany, and, okay, I remember going to the swim bod, and they didn't have, like, chaise lounges around like our swimming pools have, so you were on the concrete, you know, you had your towel, and you'd lay down, and so you see ankles, and I went, you know, Hitler had this all wrong. (laughs) These are not the beautiful people. (laughs) Most of them had my thick ankles. Well, your mother had the aristocratic ankles. She did indeed. Yeah, and, and the attitude as well. <laughs> um, there are some really good insults, including shit poke and call it, and paper asshole. Shit poke. I did like shit poke. And the fact that they included an intermission. I was surprised, and yeah, you'd need it. You need it. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. Um, Nate getting shot up. Oh man, he died so. Otherwise good. known as Christopher Walken. Um, he, uh, may I say, 
He is a champion. His name was Nate Champion. He took them bullets like a champion. Died like a champ. He did. Wyoming. And then I have on my positive list when he said, I told you so. Because he mm -hmm. sure as shit did. That's what I was saying. <laughs> this is life and death. And you want to be all like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is no silly matter. It's true, but in the moment, no, I, really, do you I, have to point it out? To I me? know. That's why I laughed so hard. But oh, then, I thought it was great because she was like, "Say something, say something." Well, okay, I will then. <laughs> That's why. Oh, I, I busted yeah. out laughing at that. Oh, she that, did. that tickled me. It, are you done? Were those your positive? Yeah. I have, like everyone else, the wide shots. They're so nice. Mm -hmm. He did, you know, it did feel authentic. It was so dusty and dirty. Yeah. And the muddy street was every, so freaking muddy. It did make me feel like we were back in old timiness. Mm -hmm. I agree. Which made me think, man, I got to finish Yellowstone 1883 because this is pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I like that go too. Yeah. Yellowstone 1883, so I got to jump back in it. Made me wonder, do you pay for a rooftop train ticket? Because I don't kinda, think so. I think you just hop on. It's kind of like asking, I'd like a wing, please. Yeah. Wing. Um, what about, remember, because I really enjoyed, it was controversial, in The Deer Hunter, all the slapping. And then in this movie, when the slapping commences, and then you cut to John Hurt doing a single slow clap. I was like, we got slapping and slow clap? It's true. What? It's true. How can this movie be a, a, the worst movie ever made? Because it, it was three hours and 39 minutes. <laughs> I have young Jeff Bridges. Oh, uh, so good. Special shout out to that head of hair. And didn't he look... Um, fantastic yeah but but also um uh, like ukrainian russianish he was german i thought you were speaking german in this oh, it's all the same thing yeah um and then okay i did laugh out loud for an uncomfortable amount of time over this and just, I laugh now thinking about it. The guy, something happened to a guy. He fell down, and a wagon slowly rolls over his legs, and he's like, "Ah!" It made me laugh. I I don't remember just, that part. No, it was in the big battle scene with the guy. Oh, okay. Slow mo moving. It's like, oh yeah, it, it just cracked me up. Oh, I'm sorry, it did. And then I did wonder. I wonder how, well, because when this movie came out in 1980, we didn't have the binge mode of television. Yeah. So now I wonder if this would have, if he had his original work print with a five-hour version of this, but cut up into like a five-episode thing. And that's why I'm like, oh, this is a basically mini series. Yellowstone yeah. 1883, uh -huh. you know? Because that's the thing with these long movies is that it's interesting that this is meant to be watched all in one sitting, but we're so used to, if you have the time, this movie was three episodes, 
of like the staircase you know exactly like we've watched three episodes of something back to back but it's just funny how when it's a movie it changes it it's like there's no way i have time to watch a three and a half hour film yet each part of it had something to bring me into it like i wasn't bored yeah so i i'm that's why this film has a reappreciation, and I wonder if part of the reappreciation is that people are now used to watching, yeah, binging, yeah, yeah, these long episodes, seasons of shows, and so that's it. True. So now we're to quotables. Um, I'm a victim of our class. That was an upper class person saying, "I'm a victim of our class." Ho 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 ho. If you're not in my class, you never will be. You'd have to die first and be born again. Ooh, sick bird. It's getting dangerous to be poor in this country. But the second part of that, they go, it always was. Yeah. They advance the idea that poor people have nothing to say in the affairs of this country. Hmm? still today other quotes um i was accidentally on mute but i said i had it's getting dangerous to be poor in this country isn't it it always was as the quote for the podcast Ooh, good one. Oh, i forgot to say this during cast but i thought this summed up the whole part goddamn ignorant bastards go back to where you came from that was yeah, all down. exactly. The caravan uh, of immigrants coming up. Remember the we, caravan? We can't because you brought us here to build this for free. <laughs> so why don't you go back? <laughs> you brought um, us here. Now you want us to go back? It's hard times, Jim. A citizen's got to make a dollar any way he can these days. If, if the rich could hire others to do their dying for them, the poor can make a wonderful living. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, do you remember the good gone days? Clearer and better every day, every day older I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are always thirsty after a funeral. Mm. Well, that's true. And I have you silly son of a bitch. <laughs> I like you silly son of a bitch. Um... She said that this is to Ella. Do you do you think a woman can't love two men? That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Sure she can. Sure she can. Three even, but it sure as hell isn't convenient. Yeah. She said, I can handle it. And Ella could, actually. And then I think you had all of my other ones. I have what Cully the Irish guy said, God a sheet. <laughs> he didn't one time say Jesus, yeah, Joseph, but he didn't put the fucking in there. Yeah. Um, I liked when Avril said to Nate, "You've been stretching your legs under my table long enough." I was like, Ooh. And then there was this one guy said, "There's only one crime in this country, and that's to get caught." Yeah. Ooh. And I have this as my quote, as what I told you so. (laughs) 
Well, this is my quote for the for this time in my life. I hate getting old. <laughs> okay, LVP. So this is tough because I have a runner-up, and my runner-up is pretty much an LVP. Yeah. Rape. Oh, yeah. More than rape, rich white men whose family are immigrants acting like they were here all along and they own something. Yeah, what is that quote that they hit a... The thing about like baseball, like they hit, like they're born on third base and they hit like a single, mm. you know, mm -hmm. but they think that they hit a in the park home run, but you yeah. were born on third base. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, those are both very good ones. So I'll offer a third idea of. The, an the real life animal abuse that happened and killing. Oh the my god! Yeah, that's yes. really good. Yeah. My honorable mention is the historical inaccuracies, but specifically the disrespect that Ella was shown. Yes. Of just, but because then you're just making her out to be a sex worker, and there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker, but it's just the whole reason that they did that is because I think for the nudity. And then it also brings in the question, the rape scene then? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it's just, just, but my absolute worst LVP, we already alluded to it later, so I won't rehash it, but it was the subtitles. Abhorrent. Uh, oh, they were Abhorrent. so bad. Yeah, it's like, it's like, um, I did them. <laughs> You know, like like after you've had two gin gimlets, you did them. You're just after like, I've had two gin gimlets, and I'm retired, and I'm doing it voluntarily. So yeah. you know, I mean, what do you, what do you want? You're getting what you pay for, but yeah, no, be, yeah. It's like they didn't even pay anybody to do them. Exactly. I noticed it specifically on that quote. Though, I'll tell you something: if the rich could hire someone, because he said it, and then I was like, paused it went back and was like, oh, let me just type it from the screen. And it literally said, I'll tell you something. Hire someone dying. Yes. Living. <laughs> <laughs> but you, that's even being too nice to them because you could kind of string it along. So it, it was more of like, if the living, maybe, could. Exactly. <laughs> just awful. So we're to MVP, and mine is the, uh, it's not diverse at all, but the um, extended cast, the, um, cast as in the people in the movie, like oh. a young Mickey Rourke, uh, non-named Willem Dafoe, um, you know, Joseph Cotton, these people who are just thrown in here, jump in and jump back out. I it mean, was John Hurt. I don't no idea what his character even was for. What, why would he even end up in Wyoming? Exactly. Exactly. He graduated from Harvard. Why is he in Wyoming? <laughs> Other MVPs. My runner-up was Ella. 
Because mm-hmm. she was just Ellie. a bad bitch, and she owned that she was a sex worker, and that she was in love with two men, and she didn't hide it, and like she was hiding it from anybody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but my MVP, and then I also had Wyoming. Yeah. But I think my MVP has to be Vilmo Sigmund. Yeah. Cinematographer. The, yeah. yeah. I agree. Because sometimes it was like, oh my god, I still have to. And then you get a shot of the land, and you be like, oh shit, that's I'm back. And for that amazing shot of Chris Walken, as they called him, yeah. (laughs) Aaron, I have to say, so I think that much like many of the scenes in this, this scene goes on a little too long, but. That first scene when they're in Heaven's Gate and you have David. So David Mansfield's my MVP because he's getting ready to when he's getting ready to and with his fiddle and making sure. And then when it just like cuts in and and the camera's moving and stuff and he's just going around there fiddling like that first like it was like a drop the the record. I got goosebumps on it. I'm like this little this man is on a fiddle roller skating and I got super pumped. I was about like if <laughs> I wanted it to be like my walkout music for baseball or something, which was ridiculous, but just how the music came in and the cinematography of it and it was just moving all fast and he's just a fiddling. It was one of the greatest like musical rock performances I've seen in quite a time. I would call it downright electrifying. But then it just kept going on and on and on. So did the immigrants come with roller skates? Maybe they, they brought that. Rent, rent or them that at- was John John Bridges' entrepreneur was like, hey, I've got this great thing. We'll rent them. And, and then he became like well, a businessman, cool. you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm thinking that roller skates were a thing in Europe. You know, I don't know. It was a cool. It was a cool scene. It went on too long, and there were circles again. But yeah, it it was cool. Um, I did not recast. Teeny, I did not recast. I did one recasting, and it's basically just the cast of Yellowstone eighteen eighty three. So you have Tim McGraw's Avril, <laughs> Faith Hill as Ella. Sam yeah. Elliott is champion and Billy Bob Thornton is Canton. <laughs> Boom. Well, done, there you done. go. Done. But please don't make it again. <laughs> please. No. no. I mean, how about we make a real Johnson County <laughs> Wars? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I didn't even get into the. Then there were Buffalo soldiers who showed up. Oh. Which is, those were, the, you know, black cavalrymen. So then they, they came into the mix. In and, reality. Yeah, yeah. There was so much crease. Because they certainly weren't in this movie. Okay, we are to our tasty titties. Um, as mentioned, Willem Dafoe, he was in the cockfight scene. Oh. And he was just like, it was his first screen performance, yeah. correct? Yeah. And so he's there and uh, a, another extra tells him a joke and he laughs. Ooh, director was like, you are out of here. Your name is not going to be in, in the cast credits. Y- yeah. 
Well, um, this was one of the greatest financial disasters of all time in in movie history. History. There was a an African American who graduated from Harvard in 1870. His name oh. was Richard Theodore Green. Wow. Huh. He was not depicted in this. He was probably not dancing in circles. No, he was like, I got, I got out. Just give me the diploma. I got to get out of here. So the female lead, Ella, was offered to Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Diane Keaton, and a few others that you probably don't know. The, um... Jim character was offered by to Clint Eastwood, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman. OMG, thank God he wasn't in here. But but wait, but then you would have had three and a half hours of Paul Newman. <laughs> Paul Newman, I could do it. <laughs> or and Robert Redford. But Robert Redford was too busy making the Academy Award winning film Ordinary People. So Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. My question is this. Was Jim married to the, the girl from the Harvard graduation all along? They're on the ship together at the end, and she seems to have the vapors, and he has to light a cigarette for her. I don't think Were so. They had they been together all along and that's why he couldn't commit to Ella? What the, where did she, how did she get back in the picture? Because there's a 20 years. It, that's why I, I saw, it's, it's basically me from now all the way back to when I graduated college. Yeah. A lot happened. Yeah. A lot's happened in those 20 years. And yeah. they, so I don't nothing. know. That's we why have nothing. A little exposition would have been. Yeah, nice. would have been nice. Just In a, a touch three-hour film. Yeah, catching up. Just, just a, a slide that tells us this happened. Okay, though that that is my. Those are the end of my tasties. Well, I have two things. One is an article from denofgeek.com, and it's ten. Stories of excess from the production of Heaven's Gate. Oh. <laughs> cats, wait, wait uh, before you get into it, Teeny, just to, because we went into it on the last uh, episode with the deer hunter about Chimino and how he, yeah. after the deer hunter came out, he did not have a great reputation when it came to um, telling the same story consistently always was changed that man was always changing his story and he was accused of being a pathological liar so that's however, the background on that however after the success of the deer hunter he was he could just do anything he wanted yeah carte blanche and so he agreed like he was able to coax united artists into giving him complete creative and financial control over this project but here's a little tidbit on that so that's always mentioned, but the thing that they don't really mention is that right before this film with United Artists, they had um, executives walk out. 
And so they had all oh, new yeah. executives come in and the oh. new executives, they needed a prestigious film. They needed a Dr. Shivago, you know, of that time, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. So that, so that's why it was kind of the perfect timing for Chimino. Go ahead. Okay. So the cast spent at least six weeks learning to roller skate and it's for a scene that just didn't matter. I mean, but it was an awesome. Six weeks. Yeah. And they didn't um, need to because it, it, it just needed the one guy. I was I was yeah. satisfied with just seeing the one guy. Shimino mm-hmm. would pick and arrange his extras one at a time for every single scene. Um, he would order a minimum of 32 takes for certain shots. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. The... An entire day was spent shooting more than 50 takes of Chris Christopherson drunkenly cracking a whip in the hotel room. That lasts, it's a sec, it's a, it lasts seconds in the film. Exactly. And, you know, come on, although I did feel like sleeping with a bullwhip wouldn't be a bad idea, but. He insisted on shooting his battle sequence in a field three hours drive from the production space of operation. And like you were talking about with the clouds, they got there at four. They would have to get there by four in the morning every day, wait for the perfect clouds to roll over. And like they were getting hungry. And I wrote a quote down that, uh, crap, where did I write that down? Oh, they were getting hungry and they were like, what do we, do? What do we get to eat? And he said, this is bigger than lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they spent money on a, a gigantic irrigation system was installed to grow grass. Yeah, that scene in that's supposed to be Harvard. Harvard wouldn't let them film, so they right. filmed that in Oxford. And he like dug up and put the irrigation so that that whole Waltz thing would be green. We already talked about him waiting for the right clouds to roll over. A train was rerouted, especially for the production. Yeah. There were reportedly on set 16 accidents in one day. Oh, wow. By the time the filming had ended, he shot 1.3 million feet of film, which is apparently a lot. It's 200. It sounds like a lot, but I don't know. You know. It's 220 hours of footage. 220 hours. Yeah. I mean, how do you even go about editing that? That's why you have four editors, and then you lock them out of the editing room. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then he turned his editing room into a fortress and locked everyone out. Mm -hmm. And then I have, so there's a 149-minute cut, which is still two hours of, what, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes? So here's the scenes that are cut from, and this was released one year after. Because, so they released this version. I think this is like the version that we see. So that's in November. And then the critics get a hold of it and they just rip it to shreds. Mm. Yeah. And so then it does, it gets horrible reviews. I mean, then the critics, like they they pile on. This is before Twitter and piling on. So you know, this was bad. It was so bad that Chimino and UA were both like, we gotta take this out of the theaters. So they yank it out of the theaters. Oh, wow. And then he agrees to these cuts. And that's what Teeny's talking about. So then a year later, a more cut up, which also keep in mind, in this three-hour movie, we had zero exposition. So how does anybody understand what's going on in, exactly. in a shorter version? Okay, so this is all this cut. 
Irvine's speech at Harvard graduation. Good. Well done. Okay. okay. The yeah. co-ed circle dancing. Okay. Yes. I mean, you could have a touch of it. It's okay to have a touch. April beating up the brute enforcer who beats up the immigrant in front of his wife and children. Yeah, I'm, I'm April fine. passing the beaten's man window in the beaten man's widow in the carriage, asking her how she's doing. Didn't need yeah. that. Yeah. The spitting fight between the two immigrant landowners. Spitting is never not. okay. We didn't need that. The entire roller skating dance scene. Oh, but I did. I was way funny. funny. I love that though. Exactly, but not need or or again a yeah. touch of it. A shot so the of fiddlers going backwards. Love it. Cut. A shot of female immigrants carrying a load up the hill. Champion almost shooting the stock grower that insults Ella Watson. The scene where Ella first leaves Champion to return to Avril. That was stupid. We didn't need that. The introductory nope. part of the scene where Avril reads the names on the death list. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. Just read them. If the people are too loud to hear it, that's their problem. I was watching that. I'm like, are we really going to read all 125 names? Oh, like, it's time to go. Everybody leave. Guys, take a book out of Martin Luther, the Protestant dude, and just hammer up the names. Like he did yeah. with the 99 yeah. pillars or whatever. You hand it up on like the wall. All y'all gonna get jacked, and then you walk yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. April, who, made, we, who made the high school musical list? Yep. Here it is on the board. Move on. April weeping to Bridges that he hates getting old while looking at the photo of himself and his girlfriend. Yeah. The, the immigrants being informed that Avril quit his post and Watson warning them the stockers have arrived. Yeah. The last five or so minutes of the second battle scene, including the footage of the character crushed under the wagon and the woman oh, killing him in mercy. That was when I, when I laughed. That same woman killing herself after the battle. And oh, did Avril. we have to see her put the rifle in her mouth? That was no, a bit gratuitous. Any reference to the woman on the boat, presumably Avril's girlfriend or wife from the end of the film. See, they don't even know. Yeah. Exactly. I do have to say, one thing that I forgot to write down in my positives it was a MVP runner-up for me. Was the end? I wasn't expecting that when Ella got shot. Yeah, I did. Oh, like that. yeah, that. I, I didn't like Ella getting shot, but I liked the surprise yeah. factor. Yes, that did surprise me. Uh -huh. I didn't. So yeah, those I are the scenes that were all cut. That, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm. I'm kind of interested, but I don't know. It. It's just. I'm glad that the film exists. It is not what I thought. It's that, oh, so this is Heaven's Gate. Huh. Yeah. Not what I thought at all. Or, or I have some tasty titties. Please tell us. I have that it was shot on location in Montana and Idaho. I have... Not even Wyoming. Maybe a little bit in my... I don't know. That was just what I put down. Damn you, Wikipedia. I have that it was four times over budget. The original budget, so he makes a deer hunter. Actually, though, this film, in 1971, Chimino submitted the script called The Johnson County War, and it failed to attract big talent. And so then he did that Thunderfoot uh, movie, and then he did The Deer Hunter, and that's when they gave him carte blanche. And so he had $11.6 million to do his thing. And in 1980. In 1980. Wow. And in the end, I read that the budget ended up being 
It went from 11.6 million to 44 million dollars, which is just cast right there. Like you, they're like here is 11, and you go and make 44 million. Like, I mean, a black woman can barely get a film made today, <laughs> and this guy, oh, unbelievable. Um, so it. It was pulled after its brief stint in November, and in 81, that's when the shorter version, Rotini listed all the cuts, and so it ended up making $3.5 million. <laughs> so that's why it's called such a flop. Legend has it that by the sixth day of filming, they were five days behind schedule. Oh, my God. Because oh my God. I heard that at one point, you know, the town, uh, so they drive into the town and they're... they're our buildings on both on left and right and he didn't like the look of it he needed to move each side of the town in six feet the road in six feet i thought he had to widen it six well, either feet. way yeah. either way it was like so somebody said so how about if we just do one side 12 feet no both sides had to come either in or out six feet yeah, he's just drunk on power. Like, just do it, you know? He was just that drunk on power. The principal photography began on April 16th, 1979, and it went all the way through March 1980. Um, the 1999 Time magazine listed this film as one of the 100 worst ideas of the 20th century. <laughs> Oh, this is funny. So critics, they hated this film when it came out. Vincent Camby sounded its death knell in the New York Times. He said, quote, Heaven's Gate fails so completely, he wrote, that you might suspect Mr. Chimino sold his soul to the devil to obtain the success of the deer hunter, and the devil has just come around to collect. Ow. Oh, my God. I know. Which I don't think it was that bad. And so there no. was this one film critic, I forgot to write his name, but he was the film critic of the LA Times at the time. And he put that it was, quote, he didn't even rave about it. He just didn't completely panic. He put that it was a true screen epic, which it is. It is a true screen epic. And that in this review, he said he in all of his like 20 plus years of being a film critic that he had never felt so alone as a critic. Of being the one guy who was like, but it is epic. Like, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. So in the 40-plus years since it's come out, there's been a reassessment that it's not so bad. And I mentioned yeah. on last week's podcast how in L.A., the L.A. area, they that um, a local channel started playing the original, like, three-and-a-half-hour film cut that we saw around Christmas time yeah. and that it's gotten a reappreciation for it and that people are like, it's not that bad. And that now looking back on it, people are like, well, the critics were piling on and a lot of them were reacting to the stories of its doomed, um, you know, it's doing production. And so a lot of people, they bring up James Cameron because the same thing happened with, like, with Titanic, mm. you know? You're just like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. And people were calling Titanic Heaven's Gate. People called, um, when Kevin Costner was making Dances with Wolves, they were calling that 
Kevin's Gate. And, oh my god. And, yeah, and like and then the movie comes out, but Chimino didn't ever do himself any favors because of his reputation and all the different things that they, that he said. So but now with this reassessment, some people are calling it a masterpiece, which I think is going a bit too far in the other direction. I think it's more in the middle. It's not as bad as people say it is, and I don't think it's as great as the people calling it a masterpiece say it is. Um so United Artists was started in 1919 by fuckboy D.W. Griffin and Douglas Fairbanks, Mary Pickford, and Charlie Chaplin. And at the time that this film came out, Transamerica was United Artists' parent company. And so the thing with United Artists is that they were a film production company, but unlike other film production companies like Warner Brothers, Paramount, um, Universal Studios, United Artists never had its own backlot. They would always do deals with other backlots oh. in the area. But they were like an, an independent because those performers, like they, they were the huge stars. 1919, you didn't get bigger than Fairbanks, Pickford, and Chaplin, you know? Oh, yeah. And so they wanted to have power and control, and that's why they called it United Artists. And after this film came out, Transamerica sold its rights to the owner who owned MGM. So that's why people say that Heaven's Gate like ruined an American studio because mm-hmm. United Artists still it still has properties like James Bond is is was a property like it was still making money but the company Transamerica got nervous and they wanted to they they were like look we we got to get out we should maybe we should just get out of this filmmaking business cuz it's wild so they sold it and so then that's when it got tucked under the MGM umbrella thus taking away its streak of being independent that's why people say Mm. that this film destroyed a studio yeah yeah so and also in the 70s you had a bunch of young directors like coppola scorsese bagdanovich lucas friedkin and spielberg they were all given huge budgets and little studio control and we got a lot of great films out of that you know you got Mm -hmm. apocalypse now you got a whole bunch of things but then the money didn't follow. Money uh, slowed down. Interesting how about the end of the 70s, there was like an inflation issue going on. And so just the economy huh. in general was a bit of a slowdown. So then, and then also you had like films like this, so it made it easy for the studios to be like, nah, we're not giving over control to these young hot shots. And that's when, because of the money, remember always follow the money it shifted more to the high concept features like jaws and star wars mm-hmm. and so that's why yeah. now it it leads us up to where we are cuz high concept just means basically you can if you're in an elevator you can say what your movie's about you know right uh, 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 yeah a shark terrorizes a beach community in the summertime you know it's right. just like great right. great concept right and so now that's why we have just all these comic book movies because it's just, right all the marvel and, yeah. yeah um let's see at one point the united artist executives wanted to know why they were spending so much money to rent the land that the film was filming on now this is one of these things that i didn't independently verify so it might not be true but it's chimino so who knows so they were like, why are we spending all this money to rent the land that we're filming this? And then they went and they looked to see who owned the land. And? Can you guess who owned the land? 
rhymes with Himino. <laughs> yes, I read that. He owned the land. Oh, it's no, he owned owned the land. Yeah. It's like Trump charging people to stay at Trump Towers and such for different things that they come into town for. Yeah, you have to stay at Trump Tower and then you're paying me to stay here to come to my event. Businessman. So his nickname on the set was Ayatollah Chimino. Yeah. Which at the time, the Ayatollah, that was like, yeah, that was the Iran. There was a big it revolution. Was. And that was the Ayatollah Khomeini was, he was exactly. the, the head supreme guy in Iran. So his nickname was Ayatollah. And Chimino. they still had the hostages at that point. Yes. Yeah. Um, Bridges and Christofferson, they both said that they didn't get the vibe. Now, this is coming from two people who were the star of his films. And directors uh, can tend to treat the stars of the film differently than they treat everyone else. It, it's I just... also want to share that in Chris Christofferson's background, alcohol was a huge um, influence. Right. So they just said that to him, it just appeared that he cared a lot. Yeah. They didn't see it as the tyrannical thing. But also, you're looking at their point of view and where they're coming from. Exactly. Because there was a lot of downtime. And that's what, because Jeff Bridges is an accomplished musician in his own right. Um, mm -hmm. And so they would just be jamming. And they Probably. did a lot of, like, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a book, if you want to know more about this, there's been so many books written about Heaven's Gate. There's a book by Stephen Bach, who was a United Artist executive at the time, and he wrote a book, I think it's called Final Cut. And then there's there's a documentary called Final Cut, colon, the making and unmaking oh, yeah. of Heaven's Gate. So there's a bunch of, of things out there that really dive into this, because that's, that's why you always will hear about the film and then seeing it, it's like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like, it's just weird because I don't, the vitriol, the, the hate and the vitriol for it, I don't, I'm just like, I know there weren't that many history scholars that were film buffs. So, like, I, I right. don't like it because I'm just like, you bastard. Couldn't the people sue? I guess not because they're, it's so long ago, but it feels like that slander for yeah. like Watson and Avril. Like you use my real name and, but I yeah. Well, that is Heaven's Gate. Sure is. Next week, I have a choice for you two. Ooh, another one. Yes, it's a choice, and one movie is from 1947, and it's one hour and 44 minutes. You're welcome. It is a musical comedy. Ooh. Or a 1986 action-adventure film that is one hour and 50 minutes. What's the first... Movie but you once. had it when we were in Brooklyn. You had a movie. You were like, I know the movie. I'm yeah, gonna do. I did. Yeah, and because is that on here? we would walk by and I would see like a little tree growing out of the sidewalk. A tree grows in Brooklyn. Yeah, I wanted to do a tree grows in Brooklyn. I read the novel, but the film is not available. Oh. It's like Porgy and Bess. Oh, interesting. So. 
the first film is It Happened in Brooklyn. It's okay. 1947. It's a musical comedy. It has Frank Sinatra. Ooh. On the town? It's called It Happened in Brooklyn. Oh, It Happened in Brooklyn. I, I told you the, the title. Um, the other <laughs> one I, I chose because... Of the new Top Gun movie, Top I thought Gun. we could maybe do the first one, 1986. Oh, Tina doesn't hour. like Top Gun. I know, like so Tom that's Cruise. why I'm giving you. I hate Tom Cruise. I know. So I, I guess know. we're Top doing... Gun's my favorite roller coaster. Um, yeah, I would go. It happened in Brooklyn. It happened in Brooklyn, 1947. It happened in Brooklyn, 1947. We can get it on Apple and Amazon. I mean, I think it's a nice segue to go to a musical comedy after whew, this has been a couple, couple weeks of heavy shit. So, oh, yeah. so, um, so many brains getting blown out. Exactly. I don't think any brains are going to get blown out in Brooklyn. It well, happened in Brooklyn, well, 1940. So, well, you don't know. I mean. Okay, listeners. Welcome, cousin Veronica. Nope. Next week, we'll do It Happened in Brooklyn. <sighs> there you go. Bye. Bye.